You may be asking, why did I just show you this band? Who is this band? Why are they important? Why do they matter to the left? Well, they were involved in a little organization that you may have heard of called the White Panther Party. John Sinclair, if you don't know, he, he started the, the 
what was known as the White Panther Party. Mm -hmm. uh, well, well, tell us a little bit about the White Panther Party and sure. what that's what what you guys stood for. One one of our uh, crew was doing time in the county jail and got a copy of the Black Panther newspaper. And in that newspaper, he read where uh, Huey Newton had put out a call for a, a white mother country radical group to do parallel work with the Black Panther Party. That he knew that there were, there were white people out there that had the same experience, uh, you know, dealing with the police. Um, and uh, when he read that, he told us about it, and we said, well, that's us. Right. You know, we're okay, because we admired the Black Panther Party. You know, anyone that would stand up to Oakland police officers with a gun and a law book and say, I know my rights, you know, that was really powerful, especially in those days. And um, so the White Panther Party became our expression of our frustration with the slow pace of change. I mean, you know, we wanted to see things change much faster than they were. Uh, I think that's the prerogative of youth. <laughs> we want the world and we want yeah. it now. <laughs> and uh, so it gave us a way to, uh, to talk about it, you know, to talk about our, uh, the contradictions that, that, that kept uh, revealing themselves, you know, in, in how the, how the, the political structure was lined up against um, humanity. You know, there was two things going on there. One of them was people and the concerns of people and working people and poor people. And then the other was how big, how government supports corporations and, and big business. And it's all weighted on their side. And were you enticed by the radical violence of, of uh, groups like the Weathermen and the, that whole scene? Or was that going on within your group? It, yeah, there must it, have been a lot of dispute there, Well, about we tactics. Yeah, and here, here's what, we romanticized violence. It, it was a mistake we made. Um, you know, we, we grew up watching it on television. You, know, you think that, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you shoot it out with the cops. <laughs> oh, I'm winged. Yeah, yeah. And army, uh, you know, film and TV inform our thinking about reality. Um, but the, the truth was that um, reality is much harsher. And, you know, for the Black Panther Party, their embracing violence as a strategy got them death squads in America with, with the murderous police actions in every major city in a confrontation across the country. Um, uh, for the MC5, it got us um, arrested, uh, huge uh, legal bills, trials, um, and, uh, you know, kicked out of the record business, <laughs> kicked out of music business. Um, but and also, you could it, see it, it was a mistake. I look back on it now, and, yeah. and I know that you know that that was a you know the the uh, the Cubans uh, warned. I've talked this over a great deal with Mark Rudd, the uh, weatherman, one of the weathermen. Uh, I don't want to call him a leader, but a weatherman. Yeah, certainly the the leader of SDS and the Columbia mm -hmm. takeover, the student takeover yep. of Columbia University. And we both agreed that, you know, 
the, the Cubans said, you know, uh, do not promote a violent overthrow. It's strategically, it's, it's a disaster. You know, a, a mass, peaceful, nonviolent mass movement. Cubans? Sorry. The Cubans. The Vietnamese. Well, the Cubans had come to power through a violent overthrow. But that isn't going to work here. It worked for them on a little island country, but that's not going to work in America. But you could see also how, the, how there was so much fr frustration at the limitations of the protest movement and that the people were probably so intoxicated by these radical concepts that, Romantic. They, that they thought, radical, well, radical what's radical next concept. and yep. how can we initiate real change? The Vietnamese said the same thing, nonviolent social mass social movement. And even the Black Panthers said, Forget, forget it, we're going with the free breakfast program. Right. <laughs> free right. breakfast are where it's at. Right. Uh, but, you know, you, you make decisions sometimes when you're young and, you know, you don't think them through. You don't think, sure. what is, what, how will this play out as it cycles through the coming months and years? All right, sorry for the dead air there, you guys. <clears throat> uh, welcome once again to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob, and I will be your host and comrade this evening. Today, we're going to be talking about John Sinclair, the MC5, and the White Panther Party, um, which are all pretty intertwined if we really get down to it. Um, so pretty much, um, I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, this goes right in line with all of our Black Panther Party pieces lately. Um, obviously the Black Panther Party was the inspiration for the White Panther Party. Um, but first, actually, before I dive in, I'm going to do what I was thinking initially anyway. I do have some things to say about what we just saw in that video. Um, and I, I wanted to play that to show it. It's not that we're romanticizing violence and I feel like he was just trying to keep his hands clean. Um, it, the, the idea is never to romanticize violence. Um, I, I don't think that anybody is actually fighting for that. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway, the, the point is, is that we should always try nonviolent means. Um, that doesn't understate the importance of self-defense, which is not a violent ideology, uh, which is the approach the Black Panthers took. I'm not saying that, that it wasn't romanticized by certain people within those organizations, but I think that he's overgeneralizing saying that. Um, but anyway, moving on. <clears throat> um, the White Panthers were an anti-racist political collective founded in November 1968 by Poon Plamondon, Lenny Sinclair, and John Sinclair. It, it started in response to an interview where Huey P. Newton, obviously co-founder and minister of defense of the Black Panther Party, 
was asked what white people could do to support the Black Panthers. Newton uh, replied that they could form a White Panther Party. The counterculture era group uh, took the name and dedicated its energies to cultural revolution. John Sinclair made every effort to ensure that the White Panthers were not mistaken for a white supremacist group, responding to such claims with quite the contrary. The party worked with many ethnic minority rights groups in the Rainbow Coalition, which I'm going to take a little side dive here into the Rainbow Coalition uh, because it was it was founded by Fred Hampton of the Black Panther Party. The Rainbow Coalition was an anti-racist, anti-class, multicultural movement founded uh, in April 1969 in Chicago, Illinois, as I said, by Fred Hampton of the Black Panther Party. He was the chairman of the Chicago Black Panther Party. Along with William Preacherman Vesperman of the Young Patriots Organization, which was a white radical organization, and Jose Chacha Jimenez, founder of the Young Lords. It was the first of several 20th century black-led organizations to use the Rainbow Coalition concept. Um, we probably will do a whole piece on the Rainbow Coalition, so I don't want to get too deep into that. Um, the group was most active in Detroit and Ann Arbor and included the proto-punk, I call them proto-metal, actually, band MC5, uh, which John Sinclair managed for several years before he was incarcerated. From uh, an, ideolo an ideological perspective, Plamondon and Sinclair defined the White Panthers as, quote, fighting for a clean planet and the freeing of political prisoners. Fucking solidarity. <clears throat> um, the White Panthers added other elements, such as advocating rock and roll, dope, sex in the streets, and the abolition of capitalism. Um, Yippie co-founder Abby Hoffman, if we think back to the early days, we, we watched The Trial of the Chicago 7 uh, as a movie watch along. Um, and, and we've talked about it quite a bit since. Uh, Abby Hoffman deserves his own piece, as do the Yippies. It might be the same piece, but point is, um, Abby Hoffman praised the White Panthers in Steal This Book and Woodstock Nation, and John Sinclair often referred to himself as a yippie. The group emerged from the Detroit Artist Workshop, a radical arts collective founded in 1964 near Wayne State University. Among its concerns was the legalization of marijuana. John Sinclair had several arrests for possession. It aligned itself with radical politics, claiming the 12th Street Riot, uh, the Detroit riots we have a piece on, by the way, you can uh, check that out at forwearemany.org, um, was justifiable. The riots were justifiable under political and economic conditions in Detroit. Plamondon was indicted with John Sinclair in connection to the bombing of a CIA office in Ann Arbor on September 29th, 1968, uh, a year after the founding of the group. Upon hearing uh, on the left-wing alternative radio station WABX that he had been indicted, he fled the U.S. for Europe and Africa, spending time in Algeria with exiled Black Panther Eldridge Cleaver. After secretly re-entering the country and on his way to a safe house in northern Michigan, 
he was arrested in a routine traffic stop. Joining John Sinclair, who had been sentenced to nine and a half years in jail for uh, violating, nine and a half years for violating Michigan's marijuana possession laws. Wow. Uh, Plamondon was convicted and was in prison when Sinclair was released on bond in 1971 uh, while appeals were being heard on his case. Sinclair's unexpected release came two days after a large Free John Benefit concert with performances from John Lennon, Yoko Ono, Bob Seger, and Stevie Wonder was held at the University of Michigan's Chrysler Arena. Arena. <laughs> Arena. Um... The group had a direct role in two important legal decisions. A landmark U.S. Uh, Supreme Court decision in 1972 quashed Plamondon's conviction and destroyed the case against John Sinclair. The court ruled warrantless wiretapping was unlawful under the U.S. Constitution, even in the case where national security, as defined by the executive branch, was in danger. <clears throat> the White Panthers had been charged with conspiring to destroy government property and evidence used to convict Plamondon was acquired through wiretaps not submitted to judi judicial approval. The case U.S. versus U.S. District Court, commonly known as the Keith case, held that the Fourth Amendment shielded private, uh, private speech from surveillance unless a warrant had been granted and that the warrant procedure would not frustrate the legitimate purposes of domestic security searches. The judgment freed Plamondon, yet John Sinclair was free only on bond fighting his possession conviction. In 1972, the Michigan Supreme Court ruled in the People v. Sinclair that Michigan's classification of marijuana was unconstitutional, in effect decriminalizing possession until a new law conforming to the ruling was passed by the Michigan legislature a week later. Sinclair was freed, but the uh, cumulative effects of the imprisonment had marked the end of the White Panther Party in Michigan, which renamed itself the Rainbow People's Party while John Sinclair and Plamondon uh, were in prison. The Rainbow People's Party, headquartered in Ann Arbor, disbanded in 1973. <clears throat> the headquarters of the White Panthers in Portland, Oregon, uh, were raided by the FBI on December 5th, 1970. Two members of the group were arrested and accused of throwing a Molotov cocktail through the window of a local selective service office. Uh, White Panther Party chapters in San Francisco, Marin, and Berkeley remained active into the 1980s. The White Panthers ran a successful food conspiracy that provided groceries to about 5,000 Bay Area residents at low cost due to bulk buying and minimum markup. The White Panthers, People's Ballroom, and the Park Concerts in Golden Gate Park uh, in 1984, angry because then-mayor of San Francisco, Diane Feinstein, uh, name sound familiar, proposed to ban handguns in the city. The San Francisco White Panthers mounted a successful petition drive that forced Feinstein into a recall election, which he won. Within the next year, the White Panthers' house in the Haight-Ashbury district was burned down in the aftermath of a gun battle with the San Francisco PD, and the leaders of the ch local chapter, Tom Stevens and Terry Phillips, had been jailed after their commune was raided without a warrant, effectively destroying the chapter. Uh, in November 1968, Fifth Estate um, published the White Panther statement. This manifesto emulating the Black Panthers, ended with a 10-point program. This should sound a little familiar if you've been with us through these Black Panther pieces. One, 
We want freedom. We want the power for all people to determine our own destinies. Two, we want justice. We want an immediate and total end to all cultural and political repression of the people by the vicious pig power structure and the mad dog lackeys, the police, the courts, and the military. We want to end, uh, we want the end of all police and military violence against the people all over the world right now. Three, we want a free world economy based on the free exchange of energy and materials and the end of money. Four, we want free access to all information media and to all uh, all technology for all the people. Exactly. Fucking solidarity. We want five. We want a free educational system utilizing the best procedures and machinery our modern technology can produce that will teach man, woman, and child on earth. I think that, oh, I skipped the word each, sorry. That will teach each man, woman, and child on earth exactly what each needs to know to survive and grow into his or her full human potential. Six, we want to free all structures from corporate rule and turn the buildings over to the people at once. Seven, we want free time and space for all humans. Dissolve all unnatural boundaries. Eight, we want the freedom of all prisoners held in federal, state, county, or city jails and prisons since the so-called legal system in America makes it impossible for any man to obtain a fair and impartial trial by a jury of his peers. Nine, we want the freedom of all people who are held against their will and the conscripted armies of the oppressors throughout the world. 10, we want free land, free food, free shelter, free clothing, free music, free medical care, free education, free media, everything free for everybody. Power to the fucking people. The 10-point program and the White Panther Statement uh, were also published in the Ann Arbor Sun, which was a newspaper founded by John Sinclair in November 1968. The newspaper was originally called the Detroit Warren Forest Sun before it changed its name to the Ann Arbor Sun when Translove Energies moved to Ann Arbor in 1968. The organization founded by John Sinclair, his wife Lenny Arndt Sinclair, and artist Gary Grimshaw in 1967 set up shop at 1510 and 1520 Hill Street, where the Ann Arbor Sun was produced and edited by members of the group. Uh, On July 28, 1969, the Ann Arbor Sun printed a revised copy of the uh, White Panthers 10-point program. The newspaper was considered to be the mouthpiece for the White Panther Party for quite some time, before the newspaper transitioned into an independent publication spreading um, news or spreading views on local issues, left-wing politics, music, and arts. Uh, finally, in 1976, the publication of the Ann Arbor Sun was suspended indefinitely. Um, Um, so there, okay, I guess I don't even need uh, to go to another source to, to, to say some things here. Uh, the 1960s was an era of big change, not just in America, definitely not just in America. 
globally. But here in the US, we saw the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement, the birth of counterculture, really. Um, and it spawned numerous political groups throughout the country. One of those groups was the White Panther Party. Um, so as we all know, the Black Panther Party was a revolutionary black socialist movement. Um, the White Panthers also uh, promoted the anti-war movement. So did the Black Panther Party um, and the decriminalization of marijuana. Um, so by the time the White Panther Party formed, the counterculture movement had engulfed cities all over the U.S. While this movement was made up of several different groups, the movement as a whole was basically a mass rejection of long-held values and norms. Unsurprisingly, it was mostly popular among younger people, especially those who rejected capitalism, conservatism, and American imperialism. Many of these youths protested against the Vietnam War and police brutality and supported ideas like free love and legal drugs. The counterculture movement often overlapped with the civil rights movement. After all, several civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, Malcolm X certainly challenged the status quo. Furthermore, both the counterculture movement and the civil rights movement dared Americans to take a closer look at their nation and what it stood for. Um, <clears throat> quote, There was just something in the air that wanted change real bad said White Panther Party founding member Lenny Sinclair. Together with her husband John, a fellow activist and poet, Lenny became involved in the arts and activism scene of Detroit where the couple was based. On April 30th, 1967, the Sinclairs and their collective, the Detroit Artist Workshop, organized a peaceful demonstration on Belle Isle, uh, an island on the Detroit River, and thousands of people came to uh, participate in the Belle Isle Love It. At the, at the Belle Isle Eleven, people sang, danced, meditated, and smoked. They provided each other with free food and music. It was supposed to be a way for activists to let loose and build a community. But police raided the permitted event, even bringing in a riot squad to disperse the crowd. Quote, That was our relationship with the police. We hated them. And when the black people rose up against the police, nobody could have been happier than us. That's uh, John Sinclair. Um, even though many Americans were desperate for change by the late 1960s, several people in power resisted this call. This led to escalating tensions throughout the country, and Detroit was no different. In 1967, the Detroit riots tore through the city, as thousands of residents protested the treatment of black people by the police. By the time the Detroit riots had calmed, 43 people were dead and hundreds of buildings had gone up in flames. We have a piece about the Detroit riots. It can be found on our Facebook, our YouTube, on podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as our website uh, for wearemany.org. Uh, just to throw out there, if uh, you guys like what we are doing, you can contribute to our efforts materially at patreon.com slash forwearemany. Um, Anyway, uh, around the same time, the Detroit Artists Workshop had hung a banner outside its communal building that read, quote, burn, baby, burn. Although the group quickly took the banner down as the destruction unfolded, 
Authorities had already seen it. Soon afterward, riot police stormed the building and claimed that a sniper was firing at them from the roof. Uh, quote, this is John Sinclair, by the way. Quote, we were harassed 24-7, busted for incitement, obscenity, possession, whatever they could throw at us. But that didn't stop them from speaking up for what they believed in, especially when it came to fighting racism. On uh, November 1st, 1968, John and Lenny <coughs> Sinclair teamed up with activist Lawrence Plamondon to form an anti-racist group called the White Panther Party. The idea actually stemmed from Black Panther Party uh, founder Huey Newton. Um, Newton said in an interview, as we already said, to form their own organization. And Lenny Sinclair remembered, quote, We were already organizing white people who wanted change, so we called ourselves the White Panthers. Um, Lenny Sinclair said that the Black Panthers were far from impressed at first. Quote, They called us psychedelic clowns. Uh, but they soon warmed up to the group, especially after the White Panthers helped distribute the Black Panthers newsletter in Southeast Detroit. Before long, the, Black or the White Panthers were hosting political education classes alongside the Black Panthers, and the White Panthers considered to encourage white allies to fight against police brutality and other issues that were affecting African Americans. One way the political group promoted their ideologies was through, through, the, mu yeah. through the music of the Motor City Five, a band that John had managed for years. Uh, the MC5 is the band that was playing at the beginning. Um, that's their probably most well-known song, Kick Out the Jams. Um, and they, they were really uh, crucial in um, giving heavy music. Uh, remember that punk and metal had both not been born yet, and they were kind of the progenitor of both, if, if you want my honest opinion. Um, they played high-energy rock and roll, and they had outspoken political views, and I think that a lot of bands have followed in that footstep. <clears throat> um, the MC5 played a huge role in publicizing the White Panthers. It's unclear exactly how many people were involved in the party, but it's been estimated that there were once about 20 chapters of the White Panther Party throughout the U.S. and Europe. Um, but police reportedly saw the White Panther Party as a, as a lesser threat to national security than the Black Panther Party, but that also didn't mean that the authorities left the White Panther Party alone. In 1969, John Sinclair was arrested for possessing two joints and sentenced to 10 years in prison. This extreme ruling was supposed to serve as a warning for other activists like him, but the strategy backfired. Rather than quiet the activists, Sinclair's arrest enraged them. This culminated in the massive John Sinclair Freedom Rally in December 1971 in Ann Arbor. More than 15,000 people showed up, including John Lennon, Yoko Ono, Bob Seeger, Bobby Seale. Um, and three days after the rally, he was released. He had served less than three years of his 10-year sentence. Uh, at one point, he was also charged, as we talked about earlier, in the bombing of a CIA building in Ann Arbor, but the charge was dismissed. Um, <clears throat> by the time Sinclair was freed, the White Panther Party in Detroit had already changed its name. We discussed that as well. The name change was meant to emphasize positive community organizing. Uh, it's, it's, it's going right in line with the ideology of the Rainbow Coalition, 
Um, and I don't really have a problem with that. That was, that was extremely radical at the time. And to clear up any confusion that the group is associated with white supremacists. As Lenny Sinclair put it, quote, Nobody could understand that we were white and progressive, and that had terrible consequences. I can imagine that. Um, I have posted about the White Panther Party in the past, uh, and, and people seem surprised that they're not a white supremacist organization. That's part of the reason I wanted to do this piece. Uh, that, and I'm from Michigan. Um, these are the kinds of things that I'm a little more familiar with, and kind of the things that got me involved in leftist politics to begin with. Uh, well, the big motivating factor was the Occupy movement, really, but these things caught my attention and influenced my direction after the Occupy movement. <sighs> when John Sinclair... Uh, oh, wait, wait, I skipped some. While the Rainbow People's Party... People's party's values remain the same after the name change. The counterculture movement as a whole began to lose steam in the 1970s. Many activist groups were disbanding, with the Rainbow People's Party soon to follow. When John Sinclair was asked when his, quote, revolutionary dream ended, he said early 1975. That's when the movement folded. Nixon was removed from office, the Vietnam War ended, and it seemed everybody went back to their day jobs. I didn't have a day job and I didn't want one, so I became a poet and a community activist again. The last remnants of the White Panther Party uh, disbanded by the 1980s. The holdouts were in California. We already discussed that as well. That said, John and Lenny Sinclair are still speaking up about many of the same issues that they did decades ago. Um, actually, I would, I would love... I would love to get John and or Lenny Sinclair on here to, to talk about not just the White Panther Party and not just the MC5, but their political journey over the last 50 years is influential. Um, Hash Bash in Ann Arbor was started by John Sinclair. Um, and that's, that's the first legal one was such a celebratory event. It was so wonderful. Um, but anyway... Uh, most recently, Lenny Sinclair was spotted at a Black Lives Matter demonstration in Detroit, big shocker, in June 2020. However, America has yet to see another anti-racist white activist group quite like the White Panther Party. Could there ever be one again? There absolutely could be, but I think we should be focused on community building together rather than the black community and the white community doing it separately. But... Maybe that's just me being an idealist, and if it is, call me out on that. Tell me. Quote, I live in the present, and who can tell what will happen in the future, said John Sinclair. All I know is if you want things to change, you have to work to make them change. And that's exactly why we're talking about it. To, I, I mean, really, that's, that's exactly why we're talking about it. That's exactly why we're doing uh, this podcast. And that's exactly why we read theory. That's exactly why we talk about, um, you know, labor movements of the past. Um, but yeah, then um, I, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about, um, a little bit more, I should say, about the MC5. 
But first things first, I wanted to show you guys this video. Uh, we're probably not going to watch the whole 12 minutes. So, um, I guess back to the, the story, the MC5's crash pad was a creative hub, um, less a band party crash pad and more a political commune in the reality of it. The MC5, uh, which is short for Motor City 5, house in Ann Arbor was actually one of two houses side by side taken over by John Sinclair. The group moved out of the other unit, uh, A2, following constant harassment by the D Detroit police through uh, those Sinclair's presence meant that they weren't really left alone here either. Other uh, residents included rockers The Up and countless artists, artists and political activists. Ann Arbor had an influential music scene that would also incubate breakout groups like the Stooges, SRC, Bob Seger, etc., etc. So that video that, that I was just showing you guys was shot in the Wayne, student, <coughs> Wayne State University studios for the show, quote, Conversations in Depth. It aired on Channel 56 and was hosted by Seymour Ricklin. That night's show topic was the hippies. John Sinclair and Harvey Avshinsky on the panel with a few other undefined panelists. The MC5 were always known for their live performances, their explosive sound, and their politically charged lyrics and themes. The music also reflected Smith and Kramer's increasing interest in free jazz. Uh, I think that the last video I showed you kind of shows that. 
uh, a little bit, that influence. The guitarists were inspired by the likes of Albert Ayler, Archie Shep, and Sun Ra, and late period John Coltrane, and tried to imitate the ecstatic sounds of the squealing, high-pitched saxophonists they adored. MC5 even later opened for a few U.S. Midwest shows for Sun Ra, whose influence is obvious in Starship, that quotes his poetry and credits Sun Ra as a co-writer. Um, they were playing nearly every light or every night in clubs and theaters in and around Detroit. The band's reputation earned them a spot on the cover of Rolling Stone early on. Uh, much of the MC5's political connections stem from a character behind the scenes, which is John Sinclair, who is the band manager, um, associated with the Fifth Estate work, the White Panthers, and a host of other politically dissident characters and groups in the era. Era, sorry. Um, and Sinclair managed the band till, uh, from 66 to 69, and under his guidance, the band embraced the counterculture, revolutionary politics of the White Panther Party, founded, as we already discussed, in an answer to the Black Panther's call. During this period, Sinclair booked the Five as a regular house band at, the Detro uh, the De at Detroit's famed Grande Ballroom in what, is, in what came to be known as the Kick Out the Jam shows. He was managing the MC5 at the time of their infamous free concert outside the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, which, by the way, is where Rage Against the Machine got the idea. <clears throat> the band was the only group to perform before bat uh, baton-wielding police broke up the massive anti-Vietnam War rally, calling it a riot. Um, we, we, again, okay, so in terms of the 1968 Democratic National Convention, we have talked a lot about it. I don't know how we haven't ended up doing a piece specifically on that, but we did do a watch-along of the trial of the Chicago 7. You'd have to dig pretty far back on our website to find that, but it is relevant to this, um, which, of course, we can't show you the video over the air due to copyright laws, um, so you have to go to Netflix and watch it along with us. The idea is that we're commentating on it um, Well, and we were also interacting with the comments in the video um, the, uh, So the band was Rob Tyner on vocals um, Who died in 1991? Wayne Kramer on guitar Fred Sonic Smith on guitar Michael Davis and Dennis uh, on bass and Dennis Thompson on drums um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the house is still standing today, actually. I'm not going to show it on Google Maps because that's, the, the street view thing is kind of weird, man. I'm not, people live there. I'm not trying to do that. But the house is still standing today in Ann Arbor. Um... But yeah, I, th I think that's about all I have to to say for for now. But um, yeah, the the politics and activism in Detroit uh, influenced me greatly in my political journey. Um, so that that's I, I think the same for Trisha and Dean when he was here and Don when he was here. We're all from Michigan, you know. So like these are the things that we grew up learning about. Uh, not so much the White Panther Party is like the sit-down strike and the labor movement stuff, but that's why we want to talk about this stuff. It's important. Um, that being said, 
that's about all I have to say for it. Um, right now, we're keeping up somehow with a quite hectic schedule. Uh, we're doing streams on Monday. Well, Monday is usually pre-recorded, but that's not the point. We're doing uh, streams on Monday, which is Emma Goldman's Anarchism and Other Essays. On Tuesday, which is our current event stream, um, we, we tend to break down things that are going on in the real world, uh, you know, talk about our views on them, ultimately. And, um, you know, how, what we can do. Fuck. Mutual aid organizations, uh, strikes. Uh, these are the kind of things that we like to report. If any of this stuff is going on around you, tell us, let us know. If, if you can get interviews with the people involved, do so. Uh, we are here to amplify those people. It's important. Help us. Um, Wednesdays, we are doing, actually, it's a, a bread theory stream, technically, but, of course, we put our own bells and whistles uh, from Restream on it when we do it. Um, but that being said, it's a, it's a cross pollination thing, just like anarchism and other essays. That's, that's Zach has been involved with that every step of the way. But on Wednesdays, we are reading state and revolution by Vladimir Lenin and kind of breaking that down and, uh, giving modern context to it, you know, um, and, and, you know, like throwing out our own ideas on how they, how these ideas can be implemented today. Um, Thursdays, right now we are reading Eldridge Cleaver's book, Soul on Ice. Um, uh, basically, that, that book was written while Eldridge was in prison. Uh, he had just started his political journey. The Black Panther Party had not been formed yet. Um, but you really get to see him grow from quite a dark person, honestly, and that's not a play on skin color at all, um, to the Minister of Information of the Black Panther Party. He came such a long way in such a short time. Um, yeah. Fridays, Friday. Fridays, obviously. Hello. <laughs> Uh, right now, our historical pieces are coming out on Fridays. I know it's a lot to keep up with. Um, the best way to keep up to date is to go to our website. You can search for specific things there. Uh, we're on podcast platforms. Um, you'll have to scroll around and find stuff if there isn't a search feature. But you can find any of these pieces um, on any of our platforms. If there's a search feature, use it. It'll make it a whole lot easier. Uh, we are trying to get, um, we're, we're trying to kind of restructure our website to, to have the educational library as a more organized, uh, more easily navigatable, um, thing, but I haven't quite figured that out yet. If you're good with WordPress, hit me up. Um, we can, we can make that a lot better. I just don't know how, <laughs> um, but yeah. That being said, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning into each stream that you do. Obviously, you can't all make every stream. Sometimes I don't know how we manage to make every stream ourselves. Um, but yeah, 
Um, as always, subscribe to our social media channels. We're on Facebook, YouTube. Um, actually, on Facebook, we have a page. And we also have the For We Are Many education and discussion group, as well as the For We Are Many mutual aid organizing group. We're on Twitter, at For We Are Many 2. Um, we're on Instagram and TikTok as at For We Are Many Podcast. We're on YouTube, For We Are Many Podcast. And of course, our website, www.forwearemany.org. There are donation links on the side um, for both of those. And um, both of those, both of our uh, donation services, uh, which is Patreon and PayPal. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash for we are many. Uh, we have one, three, five, ten dollar tiers. And um, we also have... Um, Wow, brain fart. We <laughs> we also have tears for for the richest men on earth. Elon, Jeff, we're talking to you, man. We're talking to you. You can give us, you know, a little bit of money, and well, we're still gonna talk shit about you. But the point is, is that you can give us some fucking money. It's not like it's gonna hurt your bank account at all, bud. You won't even notice it's gone. Anyway, I'm just trolling at this point. I hope all of you are staying safe during the pandemic. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask. Stay safe.